UX Podcast Episode 74. Welcome to UX Podcast, semi-live, semi-live. from Intranätverk in Gothenburg. Internet conference, mm. um, yeah, in Gothenburg. You're listening to me, Pat Axbom. And me, James Royal Lawson. And uh, at our table that we just set up uh, a couple of minutes ago, uh, we have uh, representatives from Ericsson, uh, Annika Appeltoft. Yeah, hello. And Helene, I already forgot your last name. Uh, Ekström, hello. Helene Ekström. <laughs> uh, Annika, you just gave a talk about uh, governance models at Ericsson. Yeah. About, you're the director of internal communications, if I remember right. Uh, yeah, as I'm part of the internal communications mm. team in uh, group function communications in Ericsson. Okay. Mm. And uh, I, we just interrupted you. You were talking about with Martin White and he was giving raving reviews about how wonderful it was that you had gotten such f- absolute fantastic engagement within the internet teams and the people working with the internet, which was pretty amazing. Mm. And that's sort of uh, what I got out of uh, the talk as well, is that it was pretty cool how people actually seem engaged. You have a lot of meetings and people contribute a lot uh, to the meetings. Mm. How do you get to that situation? Well, uh, I think actually, uh, first of all, it's a lot of hard work, actually. It's not something that you you, you, you just, it, ha- it doesn't happen overnight. You have to have a structure and you have to implement it and the work uh, with the roles and you have to have mandate and authorities to, not the authorities, but what I mean, you have to have people high up in the organization that says this is okay to spend time mm. on. And then uh, from there, it, I think it's <laughs> just to a lot of, yeah, work and prepare meetings and uh, follow up and speak mm. to people. And uh, I also think that internet is something that really engages people. Uh, I don't know on other companies, but, but for 10 years ago, I also worked with the internet on Ericsson and, mm. and people, it, it is world like their babies, mm. then internet yeah. and the web was quite new and, mm. and people were exploring it and, and also doing uh, crazy stuff on it. But it's mm. really engaging people because it's a, a little bit of heart of a company. You find the information there, you, you, you rely on that you will get the information. Uh, on internet, so it's really engaging. I think, um, I mean, Ericsson is is, um, is, a, is a large organisation, international and and very flat. And um, I, I worked with Ericsson fourteen years ago, with uh, very much with the internet. Um, As did I, which is kind of <laughs> which is interesting. We we actually worked together. Oh, we haven't yeah, met me yeah. and I for ten An- years. An- Anik and I, yeah, <laughs> ten years ago we saw each other, and now I'm interviewing her. <laughs> but we. Um, uh, but the, back then, though, I mean, divisions of the company worked very separately, and and we say about the politics and and buying in, and buying in was crucial. Um, and you, but you did get a lot of engagement. But people cared a lot and were very willing to put a lot of time into doing things for the internet. And that was part of the problem. It it move everything moves so quick and generated things so quick and. Um, you know, internal comms have things that they want to do and share. No, but I think actually do. what uh, Helene also said, it, it is very engaging with the internet, and it is. Mm. But if you don't have a good governance model, it becomes just what yes. you say, that people sit in their own little area and they work with the internet and they do, I think I should develop this page because, uh, and they mm. have a sender-oriented view. And mm. that's why we have to have the governance and the steering to have the same... Uh, change uh, the tone of voice, to change from sender-oriented to user-oriented, mm-hmm. that you need to have governance. And to say to people, it's okay to be engaged in the internet, but these are the f- this is the framework, this is how we want to do it. Mm-hmm. I think an interesting um, aspect of, of the model you've implemented now is that you've, you've, you've separated um, overall governance of the internet from governance of the content. Uh, how, uh, I suppose that's... How does that work? Do you work? want to comment, Helena? Mm. What advantages has that given you? Mm. Uh, well, no, you yeah. comment first. <laughs> okay. and I well, think of what, what but I will the, answer. But the, the co- you mean that we have separated the governance of the content? You mean from the content owners? Is that what yeah, you exactly. mean? Exactly. So yeah. the slide you had so, there was So, a, for example, I mean, there's different levels of governance. Uh, first mm. of all, you have to steer, you have a strategic direction. You, know, yeah. you need to know where you to go and have a roadmap and all of that. Mm. Then you come down to the... Uh, short-term, long-term development of the internet, what kind of functionality should we develop. And that we uh, can um, decide once we, uh, when we have a good knowledge about what's happening in the organization, close to the organization. So content owners, uh, 
I, I hope I'm answering your question. Yeah, but the content owners, they have a good view of the uh, reality in their day-to-day life. Yeah. So, uh, and the web editors, editors as well. So mm. this kind of uh, temperature or the a good knowledge about what's what's the demands from the business, you can say, mm. needs sure. to be very tightly to get integrated or in contact with the development team. And mm. here is where we have Helene. Actually, has the she's the global web manager, so she is collecting from the content owners, web teams, web managers, and the development teams, yeah. and trying to find a good, uh, you know, balance of what we're going to develop so that it works going forward. But yeah. I also want to comment on the training, yeah. because that's really important also. In training, often we think about how should I use the tool, but the training we did, uh, the second part of the training was how do I use the tool. The first part of that session that we did was about tone of voice, mm. uh, and how to go from sender oriented to user oriented. Mm. Yeah. So you've got yeah. So so you've you keep strategic in. You have one gang that thinks more strategic, and then one gang overall. The yeah, the then, gang that still thinks strategic uh, thinks overall from an internet yeah. perspective because the internet is much more than just the managed content that me and Helian represent. Yeah. And that and uh, but then we have a board also for um, the managed content. Uh, yeah, part yeah. of the internet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they're, they're more hands-on, but still a little bit strategic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. so getting this level of engagement where you have a lot of people and a lot of ideas of what to develop, how, what tools do you have in place to actually prioritize to make sure that you are developing the user-centric things and not just the things that are fun to develop? Oh, well, um, if I have understood your question right, if you see that uh, the web managers within the organization is a link between the global web manager and the editors and the organization. So the demands come from the organization through the web managers that are 25 plus something mm. up to the global web manager who's actually are the one that say yes or no. Mm. Uh, and there we, we, first of all, we need to see is it a good function that we actually need or, or is it something that, I mean, I want this blue instead of red, then you can say no. We have other things on our backlog and our priority list. Uh, and uh, now the, 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 you can say that the um, implementing project is over and it's handed over to the line organization. It's not done yet, but now there are other priorities to make it work and happen than it was during um, the implementation project. Mm, right. But we have you, you uh, usability experts actually mm. part of the development team. That's yeah. that's a that's a competence that is part was, was part of the project mm. and is part of the team going forward. Mm. Yeah, mm. for sure. So we have a lot of both technical experts and uh, design and uh, functionality and everything mm. coming together in a team. To, to make uh, to make it happen and also to make it realize realize to to better internet. So the journey is just started. Even if the the project is ended, we we, we have a lot to do still. Mm-hmm. Do you have um, do you have um, UX or usability mm-hmm. competence in the yes. um, in the governance team? Yes, yeah. in the development team. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. but not not in the um, the more strategic teams. They 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 are called in if they are needed. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. okay. uh-huh. yeah. No, they, they, they are very, very key. Yeah. I mean, for uh, sure. Yeah. Mm. I, I think I understand your question, James, though, but Thank sometimes, you. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes when we say UX, yeah. not everybody equates that to what we actually imply. Uh, a lot of people equate it with usability, but exactly. it's a, more a strategic role the way we look at it as well. But mm. there are strategic roles, of course, in the governance team that probably can t- make some of those decisions. Uh, as well. uh, absolutely. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, you're right. I think I was more after. Mm. Is that mindset in, yeah, 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 in yeah, yeah. those parts Definitely. of the government's model? So that you, you've mentioned user centric mm. quite a few times, so I, I, I can tell it is. But mm. I, I just wanted to mm. kind of bring out the formality yeah. of it. Is it actually? We need there? the UX person <laughs> at the top <laughs> well, always. For sure. I'm also worried about having the UX bit in. Though. I mean, I, I'm though. only been on the, on this position for three weeks, yeah. and uh, my interpretation of user experience is that is that's top priority the mm. user experience really mm-hmm. that is was uh, was it's your, part of our brand for sure mm. it is yeah. so that is really really important and we have someone who's working with it mm. 
So yeah, I think I mean that's 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 what's so refreshing to see and hear in recent um, internet conferences now. Conferences now is that finally uh, internets have begun to understand that the employees and users of the internet are actually crucial. If you're not mm. making them happy and delivering mm. useful tools and useful things to allow them to do their jobs, your internet's not very good. No, no, no. And also, also it's, it's and not used. Mm. Yes, and, exactly. and the, the thing with, with the brand also is very important, I think. If the internet is really bad and you have an, a brand that talks about <laughs> that we are at the forefront of technology, yeah. we have to have, I mean, it's really, really important also for employees to feel yeah. Not when they enter the internet that it looks like uh, not so good. Yeah. Not supporting the brand. No. Yeah. Right. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. And as the advert for, for other future employees who mm. want to come and work yeah. with Eric Sunday. It's very important. If mm. that, that rumor goes out that, well, yeah, no, they say they're like that, but oh, in reality. <laughs> you also did end your talk with a uh, video uh, showing the, the functionality of the internet. And I think that was a beautiful example of how to actually get people to start understanding all the benefits of it and just get a really quick introduction to mm. all the tools that are available. Even mm. if you don't use them all, you'll know that they are there. Mm. Mm. I think change management is one of the most important yeah. things when you do things like this. Mm. And uh, after three weeks, I know that we need to work a little bit more on the change management, yeah. more videos like this mm. that, that Annika show. And, and it's not because... We have done a wrong structure and it's too complicated and so it's just the change and always when you do change you really need to drive that a lot yeah. uh, so um, that's a, a key thing i think you're mm. absolutely right it's one one thing that's sometimes easy to gloss over or forget is that if you're changing something then that's some, then something already exists mm. which means there's probably some people out there using that thing mm. so suddenly if you if you change it you rename a page, you restructure a page, mm. you launch a new tool and take away, close an old one. You've got to make sure that the, the, the journey for the existing users is, is smooth and not upsetting or irritating or frustrating. And they understand, mm. why, and they understand. why you're doing it. Yeah, mm. or even knowing beforehand it's going to happen. Yeah, um, <laughs> preferably. Uh, yeah. And that is the, the, I think that is the, the very, very... Uh, to, to, to before it actually happens, that is the most uh, crucial thing, but mm. also very, very difficult to mm. do. So, um, yeah. yeah. Mm. Our time's up. Our time we're going to cut it short. Yep. Uh, we're going to be around all day uh, at this conference, uh, interviewing yeah. people. And so we'll post this pretty soon, I guess. Yep. And, and there'll uh, be more later. Thank you so much for joining us. Mm. Thank, thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Hello and welcome to UX Podcast, uh, our second interview of the day at Internetwerk. You just approached me, James, and said, oh, I just had this, heard this fantastic story. You know I was, yeah, I was just, um, we're having the coffee break and um, um, I was out um, where the coffee is um, having a chat with one of yesterday's speak uh, speakers. Um, hello, Inga. Hello. Hello. Ingo Jansson. Ingo Jansson, yes. NNE Pharmaplan. NNE Pharmaplan, yes. Yeah. Located in uh, headquarters in the north of Copenhagen. But we are uh, all over the world. Okay. About 21 locations. About 2,000 uh, people working for us. And we are an engineering and a comp uh, consulting company in the uh, medical and uh, pharmaceutical uh, business. Right. And we were, we were chatting just outside about, well, a very user-centric um, project that you've, you've completed um, um, recently um, to do with um, onboarding of new employees. Yes. Yes, we, we just launched it uh, actually the 1st of April, so it's quite new. So we haven't actually got anyone that have completed the whole, um, uh, all the three missions. So it's built up on missions where the first mission is on the internet and the two second are on the intranet. And mm. it's like a, uh, like a play, a gamification, playful universe where uh, which is, uh, the engineering is a bit boring, stiff. So we have tried to make it more, uh, more playful in a mm. way. You work you closely with HR, of course, to... to Produce this uh, yes. tool. I'm. I'm. I was uh, in the. I mean, in the IT department. So I was like mm. being the bridge, the interpreter between HR, which mm. is the driver for this uh, project, and uh, to our Chinese developers. Mm. Yeah. So the challenge is that the subject area is a bit boring. You feel, and you want to introduce people in a fun way, or no, the engineering maybe. It's it's not boring, but maybe it's easy that it becomes 
too technical. You know, okay. you have a, a glossy big tanks and big factories and right. too much technical. So we want to try and make it a little lighter, more uh, play, more fun uh, universe with mm. drawings and uh, uh, questions and uh, drag and drop exercises mm. and videos and. I think you also mentioned to me that um, you you worked with um, trying to get HR to understand the, the, the why in some of the requirements. Uh, they came to you saying, we'd like this. Yes. It's a, yeah, because, yeah, uh, try to uh, make uh, HR to think uh, need uh, mm. instead of uh, is it possible. And we have some challenge in that because they try to think uh, if is this possible can we do this mm. Mm. and uh, try to make uh, hr to think what do you want them to do and what do you want to happen and why do you want it to happen yeah i think it's great that because of course that's that's seeing hr as 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 a as a, a user as someone we're, we're trying to understand the needs of and analyze what's happening because they're they're receiving a lot of this information when you onboard new employees exactly well, then, of course, the, the classic end user of this is the employee, the new employee themselves, yeah. which also needs to be considered. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be really interesting because we, have, um, we wanted to do uh, uh, think loud tests uh, mm. after this, but it's difficult because uh, since uh, parts of it is uh, at home at the, the new employee and you don't know when he or she does it and... The same happens when they arrive at the office. So we have actually done some sort of, um, we have selected uh, three or four users uh, and sent them a special mail where we have described uh, what to think about when they do these uh, missions mm. uh, and type, try to record it on the phone or type, uh, write it down on a paper. Mm. And oh, then nice. we have uh, going to interview them when they have fulfilled, when they have done all mm. the three missions and they have arrived mm. at the office. Yeah. So it's like and a diary-based user exactly. feedback. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. going to be really, really interesting and in, in, in hear and see the feedback, yeah, what they yeah. what they think about it, the, as the real. Because, you know, HR and IT, we are think <laughs> this is fantastic. It's been really fun yeah. uh, to do. And uh, it's going to be really, yeah, interesting to see what the, what the users and the new employees think about it. Yeah. And how long of a period of time do they actually go through this program? Uh, they have about, uh, I think it's three months Okay. Three months, 90 days. And al that also puts a challenge on user testing, of course. I, I'm working with a similar tool that, yeah, 10 weeks is, a, is a, a program you have to go through. And testing that, of course, it's impossible because there are challenges in just understanding things fr from week to week and looking back at stuff. And sort exactly. Of. Yeah. So the approach you've uh, chosen seems really interesting. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting mm -hmm. to see, see uh, here. Another, um, another thing here, of course, is that you, I think you mentioned to me that you you start the onboarding process before they started work at their new company. Yes. You get the... It's also different uh, in different countries, but in, yeah. in Denmark, you get an envelope with your uh, IT code of conduct. You get a booklet of your our values mm. and different kind of information. Mm. And with that, you get your uh, letter of contract. And on that contract, there is a link to a special page where you sign up and uh, create an account. In other countries, you get just an email with a link to this page, and then you create your own account, and then you play the first mission. That's excellent, because that's when you're most excited to actually yes. start starting work at a new company, actually yes. before you start. Exactly, and yeah, then you, you, exactly. you learn these things like mm. our history, mm. the what we do and the market we are operating in. So you mm. get all these sort of basic uh, uh, basic in order. And then uh, it's also f to, uh, to let the, the new employee reconfirming their choice to change employee, uh, employer. So mm. it, exactly. that's what one of the goals with this uh, new mm. uh, program, to, mm. to reconfirming the choice. Mm. And then uh, when they start on the intranet, it's more um, educational also mm -hmm. some information, of course, but it's going more uh, to, towards uh, educational, uh, learning different uh, rules and uh, regulations and, uh, mm -hmm. and how we work and why and that sort of thing. I do understand that you also, you also support the, um, the new employees' managers during the onboarding process. Yes, the, the managers uh, get information how far the uh, new employee have come in their, in their program. 
and there's actually a lot of focus on the managers in this program because um, they uh, they get special uh, training and uh, uh, how how to treat uh, mm. the new employees because sometimes it's forgotten. Right. A welcoming flower on their desk on the first exactly. day they work. if they're yeah. lucky or. Uh, <laughs> breakfast or something. That's fantastic. Or something. I remember some of the, well, early in my career when I started a new company, you'd, first thing was you'd have to wait two weeks to even get your computer. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And this like starts, I, it's, I'm amazed. It's fantastic. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be really interesting to see yeah. how it uh, is received. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, like, I like the fact that we've, we've helped multiple um, user groups in this with this with this tool, you know, mm. the, the employee themselves, the manager, yeah. um, HR, who are also getting mm. correct or relevant information at the mm. right points, and, yeah. and also guiding people along the process. I can I can visualize in my head the customer journey map for this yeah, whole process, exactly. even though might, you may not even have done a well, not in the traditional sense, maybe a customer journey map where you're mapping out the touch points of how a new employee actually before they start work and. We have done user uh, user journeys. That's you have the same okay. case. user journeys and user yeah. stories and that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. That's the one uh, in the in the in the very end, uh, beginning. Mm. We do this and uh, and we have first. It actually started uh, uh, some some years ago when we did redesigned our intranet, mm. uh, where we did user journeys for new employees. Okay, uh, cool. Very low practical in an Excel sheet mm. and mm. how it worked. And then um, we did a little bit uh, before this project also mm. to see how the actual journey is mm. for for mm. a new employee and where where could we change and what should we change. Was that was that user journey viewed from the the IT organization? How do how does IT? No, uh, no. To, is it more general? More general, oh, more. Okay. Uh, 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 what what kind of uh, system or what kind of application do you use yeah. at what time? You, you you make like a, a timeline, and then yeah. you list a different kind of. Do you use email? Do you use intranet? Mm. Do you use a phone, mm. face to face, that sort of thing? And then you just mark mm. uh, what you use in different um, different uh, milestones or what yeah. you yeah, call yeah. it, and where so, you might improve and what exactly. Better, yeah. but mm. Because it's it's really good when you get it uh, on paper mm. or Excel or whatever mm. you use because you make it visible. And put we it up on a wall. Probably. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Post it on the wall. Yep. The best yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Don't estimate, underestimate the power of paper. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, quite. So um, are, these, are these kind of um, UX um, and tools and processes, are they, are they very well integrated um, at, at NNE in, in projects? Uh, or was this a bit of a lucky, <laughs> lucky project? <laughs> we, are, uh, we are trying to... to integrate more and more things uh, into but it's a slow process yeah. you know you you need the right person need to tell the right not the right person that mm. we need this this should be a good idea mm. the sun mm. should be on the right mm. side and <laughs> a lot of things are uh, influencing these uh, these decisions mm-hmm. so when when there is a need and the right person experience it mm. and uh, then it, uh, because, but uh, this uh, onboarding was uh, they had very good, well found, found founded um, uh, data analytics. Yes, you call yes, it that. Yes. Yes. Uh, with uh, how many? How big is the turnover? Yeah. How long staff is staff turnover? Yeah. Yes, staff turnover. That was too high because it's, we are a, a knowledge uh, company. Yeah. We just sell our knowledge, yeah. and it's very expensive. So uh, we want to reduce that. Uh, we want to have people to reconfirming the choice, mm. and uh, we are uh, looking at uh, employing a lot of people this year and next mm. year. Mm. So, uh, and therefore, we had uh, the management, top management support all from the start, which was yeah. really—it's easier that way. Uh, it always is. <laughs> what an excellent example of having a business case and solving it with the UX methodology and, yeah. and uh, the internet as a yes. tool. Yeah, and making mm. people feel mm. better. Uh, you know, very crucial point yeah. of their of their work experience, yeah. the very beginning of their job, and reducing the obstacles for managers and taking care of yeah. the whole situation and uh, process. Reducing obstacles for HR, the employee, and yeah. um, uh, managers. Excellent, wonderful. Thank you very much, Inga, for, My joining, us. for joining us. Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you very much. You're listening to UX Podcast. I'm Pat Axbom, and I'm James Wall Lawson, and Pat. 
could have put a little bit more effort into that. You sound, no, you sound exhausted. I'm so tired. Oh, you're listening to your works yeah. podcast. Again. Again. I'll, I'll beef it up in uh, post-editing. Okay, yeah, take two. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's the end of the day now at um, Internetwerk in um, Gothenburg. And um, we're joined for our... Well, it might be our final guest of the day. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Wedge Black. Hello there. Hello. And you've, um, not so long ago, had your presentation here. Yeah, I was quite nervous. There's a lot of experts in the room. I said, well, that doesn't matter. I mean, I... I well, you're I, one of them. Yeah, you're exactly. You're <laughs> one think, of them. Maybe. And your, your presentation was good, entertaining. Mm. I mean, to be honest, mm. I, think, I think all presentations should be done by Yorkshiremen. <laughs> yes. Mm. <laughs> For what reason? It's better. I had no <laughs> idea better. James was from Yorkshire. <laughs> I had no idea. He's uh, so funny. You're, you're in Sweden now for a dozen years? 14 years, yeah. Crazy, I had no idea. Yeah, now, when, when you live abroad, you do learn to flatten the accent because um, they don't understand the word you're saying. I soften mine, especially yeah. when I'm in London. Uh, and apologize. Could you guys just talk amongst each other with the well, accent? I think you? You, well, I'm going to apologize anyway to the listeners because we will probably talk slightly faster and with slightly more accent, well, I, at least I will, than I normally do on the show. Because okay. it, it, it happens when you talk it comes to out. when you talk to kin like that. I'm it's, looking forward to this. All right. <laughs> so Wedge, your I, I loved your presentation. Uh, it was really hands-on, practical advice on uh, what we would summarize as micro content. Probably uh, you gave lots of examples about how to use images, and you even went into copyright things. How not, don't use clip art. Use images uh, taken inside the company uh, with people by people inside the company. Mm. You talked about. The read more links that we love to hate and yeah. stuff like that. Tiny details that people, practical advice that people can go home and use and apply straight away. And what strikes me really is we've been talking about this for so long. Mm. Why does nothing happen? Well, it has to be about training, I think. Everyone has their day jobs, and although they want to contribute to the internet, it has to be easy. And that might be talking about the CMS. You know, maybe the internet system is clunky, difficult, tiresome. But it's also about, well, how do I communicate this? If I've got a best practice or if I've got a procedure, shall I just design it in Word and then whack it on? Mm. That's the simplest thing to do, mm. and that's a real shame. If only we had guidelines or a good understanding of what makes, you know, a good narrative, good content. Mm. Yeah, I think I think another aspect I've reflected on years ago. I was I was really for decentralization of publishing yeah. on internets. I mean, uh, empower the ten, people exactly. Maybe ten years ago there was a real wave. Ten eight years ago, mm. Every, everything has to go from central out into the organisations because they're the ones that are close to the content. I which hated is, that. Which is a noble, which is a noble and part truth. But what we saw then was that everyone then suddenly has to be able to manage or micromanage their content and do exactly what you've been giving the tips for today. And it becomes an administrative chore instead of a, commu a communication delight. Well, they simply just don't understand. Even after the training, they, they don't understand. Often, I'm generalizing a lot here, but to, to make anyone in the organization understand the, the, the value and the, the nuances that, that you, you need to do to make your, your content maybe findable in the search engine on the internet or, mm. or um, persuasive or yeah. just explanatory. <laughs> for, me, for me, coming from a communication science background, it was like, okay, those three years that I just put into studying that, uh, anyone can do that in a, in a day probably. Mm. Not so much. And we saw that basically. And I think another thing that you, you, that you brought up that, I re that really struck a chord with me was writing headlines. Yeah. And that's mm. something that you can really, really try out and uh, talk a lot about in theory in, in, when you're in school, in university, with communication science. But you were talking about honest headlines. Yes. And, uh, and that's, yeah, explain so, a bit. So your headlines should help a person decide whether to read your article or not. They, they've got to have the right to say, this isn't for me. And they've got to be able to make that judgment accurately. So I believe headlines, you know, five-word, six-word headlines, should express the core of the article or the reference material. And there's probably n the need for a summary as well, you know, two sentences be beneath the headline mm. that explains the how, no, the, the what and the who mm. to help a person work out if it's relevant. The idea is to avoid intru intrigue and BuzzFeed-style mm. headlines. Mm. We haven't got time to capture people by... Mm. Making by tricking them into reading our articles on the internet. It's for business. But at the same time, I mean, a lot of businesses spend an awful lot of their resources um, um, trying to make things persuasive because, you know, clearly it's the right decision to buy their product. 
So you're going to have a lot of things on the internet where clearly it's the right thing to do is fill in that user that survey or, or, or time report. Or just this piece of news item is so important that everybody read it. So you're going to sure. get the demands. All, yeah. People are going to come to you. Managers are going to come to so, you and say, well, we make this persuasive. So internal communications is influenced by marketing and everything mm. becomes Marcoms eventually. Mm. Uh, persuasion is definitely necessary for internal communicators, but you can still be genuine, authentic, trustworthy mm. and honest. Yeah. So your headline might be clear and concise, but your summary might say, and the reason this is important to you yeah. is because it affects your end of your bonus or it affects... It affects you in somehow. So it has mm. to be about audience focus, mm. not trickery. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> that is good. But, um, and I was thinking more about that. You're right about the repeating all these tips and things over the years. Um, well, you asked me, you know, about going back to basics, and, yeah. I, and I really did go back to basics. Mm. Mm. There's a lot of talk about strategy, and it's great to talk about these huge, overarching three-year projects rolling out an intranet that's brilliant. Mm. But... A contributor who doesn't really understand the strategy, hasn't seen the document, won't read 12 pages, mm -hmm. but they still have to contribute. They still have to be part of the internet. They need, they need little guidance on, on what to do, when, and how. Mm. Uh, in a way, they don't really care about the, the rest of the business. They care about their team, their team site, and what they find important. So we just have to help them work out the little bits on a page, the micro-content strategy that will help it look good, and we have to help them empathize with the audience they're trying to reach. Mm. I think it's a, there is different levels to this content. I mean, I, th I think you, we've heard this before about if you, um, you wouldn't trust any employee in the organization to start writing your content for your external website. That's one of those kind of things we hear, and it's true. You wouldn't let anyone just sort of start building stuff generally. Um, but, uh, so we know that most, the, the best content, the most, the most successful looking intranets generally have centrally published and produced content. But you clearly can't, you can't do that for all the tiers. I mean, you're going to have, that's for, for content that's communicating to the whole organization, perhaps, or a good chunk of it. When you start getting to maybe departmental level, resource-wise, they do have to really do that themselves. Yeah, and it's really difficult to find that resource. Everyone's really busy and not everyone is passionate. Mm, but yeah. you're right, there's, <laughs> there's room for informal communications mm. and informal conversations on the internet. Mm. It may be that the home page announcements are centrally managed. And, you know, in my role as an intranet manager, I've written those and I've ghostwritten blogs for the CEO. Yeah, and I've, and I've, I've made other people's work sound better yeah. and more concise yeah. for the home page. But there is room for mistakes. There is room for friendly voices and informal articles on the internet. Mm. They might be written as blogs so that it's clear that they're separate from the formal announcements. Mm. I think that you're exactly right, and that's um, that's what we're seeing with the social internet side of things. Is that there? It's very clear that you are as an, as an individual are writing some content, and there, the the, uh, the willingness to accept mistakes or, or you know not native tongue writing and grammar and so on. I mean, it's high. People understand that you. Yeah, and mm -hmm. you know it's like an email, and but it's published there, and we can read it. Fair enough, fine. Yeah, there's an accountability. Everything that's on the internet yeah. will have your name against it, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. should someone come along and leave a comment against it and say, mm -hmm. actually, it's no longer the blue form, it is the green form. That's fantastic. It's not mm -hmm. a criticism; it's feedback. Mm -hmm. So we can amend the article to say, sorry, I meant the green form, mm -hmm. and we've done. We've we've all helped right. everyone. <laughs> yeah, not do or die. Uh, also, I mean, as long as you know who the sender is, you're probably going to appreciate even the informal announcements, like it's somebody's birthday, they've worked here for 20 years, and we're having a party or something. There's, there's a lot of, uh, we, we need a lot of room for people stories on the internet. Yeah. In my experience, there's been a lot of charity work. Mm -hmm. Whenever I'm working with a large company, there's always a lot of passionate people doing uh, walks and sponsored walks and, mm -hmm. and cycling, and they need room on the internet. And if you, if you don't make room, you're going to have to put them into the main news category. And that's, that's a bit weird. So there has to be room for, these, for the social side of your people because mm. this is a representation of your culture. Exactly. And then th that ties very well into what you ended on, which, which was the analogy with the cathedral. The internet is the cathedral, but the cathedral is not the important thing, but the communities around the cathedral, of course. Yeah, that's, that's the cathedral and bazaar analogy, which mm. I don't know how, how old that is. It's famous, so I've stolen that, obviously. <laughs> we, we all use that when we talk about intranets. Mm. So we might build mm. this wonderful homepage, this wonderful intranet system, and it is our magnificent cathedral. But people 
People look at it, but they don't need it every day. So they build their own communities around yeah. that cathedral, and that's the bazaar. That's the marketplace. Yeah. I think um, one aspect you also touched on was, um, was search. Sorry, I was looking, looking down at my laptop. Oh, look, yeah, was, my slideshare yeah. is online already. Oh, yeah, exactly. I was referring to your, your presentation there. I, I, I wish think, I uh, had while I was talking. <laughs> Could oh. you not see it? Oh. I was so nervous. <laughs> didn't come across. No, not at all. No. Well, very kind. <laughs> But no, but the, um, the whole with um, search engine optimization internally. Yes. So I didn't touch on search because I would be a fool to try to discuss SEO for the intranet yeah. on a two-minute slide. Yeah. So there's something but it's about really rele- it's really it, relevant. It's crucial because, in my experience, one of the one of the one of the biggest failings of, of internal search engines is, oh, not often, not as always, the technology itself, but of course the, crap the content. It's it. the rubbish yeah. that we put in. Or the, but the, the quality of the publishers who are putting the rubbish yeah. in. <laughs> so I, I would normally talk about synonyms, keywords, mm-hmm. metadata, and tags. Mm-hmm. These are things that enhance your content. So if you're writing about dogs today, remember in your subheading later down the page, mention canines. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know how Sandra is going to want to search for your dog article. Mm-hmm. You and Michael exactly. might both yep. talk about dogs, but Sandra thinks in larger you know, in a, in a larger way, mm. and she'll be searching for canines. So let's use that later, further down the page mm. in a subheading. I love subheadings. Mm. I love multiple paragraphs. Mm. And let's tag it as well. Yeah. I think um, one of the things I tweeted this afternoon um, was just the whole thing about almost a lot of the stuff that we, we use on websites, it's completely applicable for intranets. It's a matter of just getting on with it and trying it and testing it. Mm. Because you'll find it quite often will work. A lot of the search tips, exactly the same stuff as we do. The basics we do when optimizing for Google. Just do it internally. The thing I'm I'm concerned about with SEO for the intranet is you know how backlinks and linkbacks are so Mm. important for Google. You know, who links to you influences how Google rates your article. I don't know how that works on the intranet. Because I don't see individual authors linking to other people's content. No, you, no, they you forget w- that when they publish an article, there's probably some mm. interesting articles that they could link to, you know, on mm, the same sure. similar tub- subjects. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. You, you wouldn't weight links internally in quite the same way as, you, as Google would. Depending but on what search engine depend- you are using yeah. internally. Yeah. And, yet, you know, beyond search, we need those hyperlinks. Mm. You know, authors shouldn't publish a plain article that stops and dies at the end when I've reached the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm reading an article, there should be keywords jumping out at me that I can click on and say, oh, I am interested in that subject. Mm. And when I get to the bottom of the article, there should be a call to action, which I believe when you're designing websites, you always mm. do. Mm. There should be a call to action to read, to do more, yeah. to have something yeah. else. Yeah. Whatever the purpose of what your writing is. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Exactly. There's, there's nothing should be a dead end. That's one no, of the things no I say about websites. Exactly. Because it's then, a web. Because what you've got someone, you've got someone. It's engaged. a web. He it's says, a web. <laughs> like it's 1999. <laughs> Everyone understands exactly what you mean. Ah. No, but, but it is. You've you've got, you've got someone so engaged, and and you've you've been you've clearly been uh, the the right enough answer to their question they had um, whenever they started searching or or navigating to get as far as reading mm. your page. Then make sure you kind of don't let go of them at the end. Yeah. yeah. Spe- yeah, speaking of call to action and, and having a call to action at the end of the article, uh, my first tweet today was actually uh, on the single column website uh, phenomenon because we, we're seeing all these screen dumps on, on, the, on the screen. Did you criticize the third column, the right-hand column? Yes, Yes, exactly. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's, so we like two-column intranets or one-column intranets? Start pages... Really, it, it depends on what the purpose is, if you're going to have different content areas and kind of widget, widgets versus or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but so home you, pages you, and landing pages Once you get to an article page, why one. have the right-hand column? Why have mm-hmm. the left-hand navigation? Yeah. Why not focus on the content? Let yes. people read the article, get to the end, do whatever they have to do. Because everything else is distraction. It is. It's so would you say entropy. some of those right-hand columns I saw were used for supplemental information, you don't perhaps like a Word document or a form in mm. PDF? Would you attach them or upload them at the bottom of your article then? Would that yeah, be better? It makes more sense, doesn't in, it? Or within, in line, where, in, in at, the line point of at the bottom. In line and at the bottom, mm. yes. Because then you've... you've, mm. you've um, okay, some people argue that, argue that the links in the text are distracting mm. and, and, and there's some, there can be reduced readability. Mm. Um, but they're in context. So I like the, context. So they can be mm. really relevant in context there. Um, but the summary of all the documents at the bottom means that when you've reached the bottom, you then got next you steps still have a chance. relevant information. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like um, that. We've done, we've done testing over the years that shows that right columns are 
are graveyards. I mean, they really aren't very effective. What happens is they're most often shorter than the actual content area. Mm. What happens is you scroll down, the right-hand column's not there anymore. Gap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's easy to scroll off. I mean, You're not going to scroll up to look for more content. It's one of many reasons why <laughs> they're not effective. These things right. matter with responsive web design or responsive internet design, exactly. though, because yeah. when you're on a Relevant. smaller screen, you expect the, the far right column to kind of drop mm. off and go to the very, very, very bottom, mm. and we call that responsive or elastic yeah. design, I think. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's one way you could do it. Mm. But, again, all these things, I mean, you've got to test them. You've got to try them out yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, by testing and, and getting feedback or, or measuring, you can then learn what happens with your content and what's effective and what's not. We've we've really talked. We need ah. to wrap up. Uh, there is a, there's an ebook, isn't there? A free yes. ebook. So uh, Sam Marshall asked me to write an ebook and uh, with the Yorkshireman. Yes, mm. and with his expertise, we put together creating internet content, a guide for everyone. It's a free PDF download from uh, clearbox.co.uk, and you can also find me on killerbox.net, and my slides are on there now. Kilobox.net. Yeah, I know it's it's a rubbish brand. I invented it a long time ago, but it's like Kilogram. It's Kilobox. When you said it fast, though, it sounded like Killer Box. Killer Box. Yeah, that's why I don't get any emails. Keeps, yeah. keeps the kittens inside it. <laughs> thanks for joining us, Rich. Thank you both. Yeah, okay. Bye. Okay, our final interview for today, and we're uh, at Internetwerk, uh, organized by Christian Norling, and he's standing right here with us. Hi, Christian. Hi there. Hi. You got any energy left? I do. Good. I do. <laughs> per per hasn't. I'm saving myself <laughs> so for, for a couple of cold ones and a, and a burger. Ah, yeah. 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 Post conference beers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Important. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what, uh, how many of these have you organized now? Oh, this is the second one. This is the it's second the one? second intranet work, mm-hmm. but it's my third intranet conference. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We had one in, in, um, in the no, autumn in mm-hmm. Stockholm. Yes, in mm-hmm. November last year in yeah. Stockholm as well. Yeah. And this is a three-day event with the talks on the two days and the workshops on the last day. Which yeah. is, so it's quite a big conference, actually, uh, with uh, some really cool speakers. And I'm wondering, what does it take to put something like this together? How do you contact the speakers? How do you know what subjects to choose? Stuff like that. Well, I've I've been lucky in a way because I've I've myself been on the speaker circuit, so I've been invited to a lot of conferences and and thus had had the opportunity to meet a lot of these great people, mm-hmm. case studies and experts and consultants and you know all the people that uh, contribute to the knowledge of about intranets and digital workplaces. So I'm, 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 I'm fortunate that way. Mm-hmm. I've been both in Sweden and around Europe and I even had the opportunity to, to, to speak in New York, actually. Mm. Oh, nice. nice. Very different experience from European conference. Really? In what sense? Okay. Well, um, uh, was at, at a Hilton Hotel, so the conference room is also a ballroom venue. So... Mm-hmm. so um, the, there's carpet on the floors, there are oh. chandeliers, and <laughs> yeah, what do you call it? Tapestry. Tapestry. Yeah, tapestry. Yeah, on the yeah. walls. Yeah. Yeah. On the walls that mm-hmm. are more for a party than mm-hmm. for a conference. Yeah. Coming from Scandinavia, I find that quite odd. I, I like clean <laughs> colors. Wooden and floors. Yeah, and wooden floors. Empty walls. Yeah, empty yeah. walls. We want yes. the minimalist yeah. design. <laughs> yeah. so, so for me... Mm. I just reach out to my friends and colleagues around mm. the world and, uh, and, and, and ask them, do you want to come? Mm. And so far, I've been very lucky. Everyone who I asked has actually been able to come. Yeah. Fantastic. So we were just talking to Wedge a bit about the talk that he did, and one of my observations was that we're seeing a lot of the things again. Uh, uh, some of the things that we've talked about for many years are coming again as advice. And actually, Martin White was talking about this as well. He, was, he mm. took some points from 1998. Mm. We were having the same challenges over and over mm. again. Mm. Why do you think that we are having the same challenges and, and we're not? I think that every generation needs to make the same mistakes again. It's a mm. learning experience. You learn from making mistakes. Mm. And, and the people who actually learn what works mm. and what not works have moved on to other positions or mm, other roles. So, and, and, and intranet seemed to be, uh, of course, it's becoming more professional than that now mm. than it has been mm. in general. Mm. But it's usually a way for people to come in, 
maybe communication. So you mm. start out with the intranet mm. uh, in IT, mm. and then you move on to more important stuff. <laughs> I, that, that's just yeah. my, well, yeah, that's my, it, my hunch. I it's don't know. true, because I mean, the internets have had quite a bad reputation over do. the years. They yeah, they still do, do of course. Well, they're, they're not as important yeah. as the websites. At the same time, um, more and more people are becoming, uh, well, they need, they need the internets. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, the, envi- uh, the environment is becoming more complex, and, and you become more dependent on it. Or more, your expectations mm-hmm. of how it's going to be in your workplace mm-hmm. are a lot higher now mm-hmm. than they were ten years ago. Exactly, so, so you're reliant on having a good internet. So I'm guessing that it, it's it's more you're getting more budgets. Probably you're getting more acceptance within the workplace to actually have, be someone and get, who works a lot with the internet and works yes. strategically with it. Yes. I think so too, but uh, I think that one of the main points is still that it's not on top of any C-level manager's mm-hmm. agenda, the, yeah. the internet as it is. So uh, the, there's a lack of uh, manpower or resources in that way. Mm-hmm. I think there is enough money, but that goes straight to, to IT, the projects, the mm-hmm. technology. That can cost a lot of money, but you don't hire an extra person to do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. You, you distribute it. At the same time, we are spending a lot of money on like CMS tools mm-hmm. for the intranet as well, but not so much on. Well, that's what you're saying, basically. Yeah, it's well, on the IT I'll tools. But, the, uh, exactly. You, yeah. you, we're spending a huge amount of money on on applications that mm-hmm. we use inside the organization. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, depending on your yeah. your type of business, um, the application might be business critical. Mm. Um, you know, like some maybe healthcare um, industries, or even yeah. as a part of a manufacturing process, certain yeah. IT systems you. You know, stock systems and so on, they're absolutely critical. Mm. And they're part of your digital workplace. Yes. Um, well, I have a reflection on that. Uh, Martin White t- took up the subject of information as an asset. Mm-hmm. And we now live in the knowledge economy, right? Mm. It's, it's common sense. A lot of people, their work is based on delivering information, packaged information to an audience mm. in one way, internally, externally. Yeah. But one problem is, for me, is that the international accounting rules do not count information as an asset, as a financial asset. The moment we get that done Mm. and it's accepted, we should move on from the age of industrial age to the knowledge economy age. And then information should be an asset as well on the balance sheet as well. Mm. I I, I mean, I I do like it. And I've heard Martin Mm. talk about this before, and I think it's an excellent point. But at the same time, You've got to get a whole lot of people, um, or accountants and so on, mm. to agree on how you value information. Mm. And, and valuing information is, is not quite as easy as valuing a chair. Well, you don't actually, you, perhaps you don't value the information, you value what the information results in. You've still got to, you've like still we were talking about before. You've still with got to get to a figure. You've still got to have a figure to put on your asset book. Um, so someone's got to decide that, someone's got to decide what a data object is. They've got to classify that as a data object, and then they've got to put a, a, a dollar figure on it. Mm. At the end of the day, that's how you add something to a, a, an asset. Uh, uh, certainly. But one, at one time, we did not uh, put value on our assets as well mm, yeah. either. It was just gold yeah. or silver. Mm, or, yeah. you know. Exactly. No, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's impossible. Um, <laughs> I, actually, I want it to happen. I'm just, I, I can see it's still, we're still a fair while away from being able to achieve it, I think. Yeah, um, but I'm, I... I think that it will come from the consumer side that we start to value the information that we exchange between each other as, uh, uh, privately oh, or person to person. I think it's inevitable. It is. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think one reflection I mentioned already earlier today, and you know, looking at last year's internet um, internet conference and this year's. Um, seeing more and more and more talk about you know user centric, um, uh, user centered design, and and today there was design thinking. As uh, well. we yeah. we have we've had um, you know um, um, touch or customer journey maps or um, user journey maps yeah. and um, touch points. We've mm-hmm. we've had loads of of, of um, uh, UX or mm-hmm. um, interaction design or or all of these. Um, um, techniques that we're familiar talking with. Talking about the internet rather as a digital workplace, I like that. As well. Yeah, that's come yeah. this last um, three, mm-hmm. three or four mm-hmm. years, I guess, mm-hmm. has been a big yeah. trend for that. Um, you know, so there's loads of things happening now that, looking back, because I've been working with internet since about 2000, um, it's just this last couple of years we're seeing, you know, talking about the user in a, in, in a, in a sense that we're used to for mm-hmm. um, external sites. And see, that's because we're <laughs> seeing the value of the internet. 
or or it's or it's that we're getting a generally the maybe the um, it's more mature. the knowledge no well maybe the knowledge is getting broader now so we're having more people switching roles mm. or IT departments maybe now have got resources mm. that are switching between mm. external inter- internal projects mm. and and they're they're reusing the same mm. techniques you know they they maybe run agile for the external site and they've been doing some of these deliverables and they think well you know it is the same well, kind of stuff internally. Uh, I think so we've we've learned during the last decade or so about this stuff about taking care of the user or mm. understanding the needs. And, and also, but I think that lately, media has helped a lot, uh, at least covering the the IT sector has helped mm. a lot because there's been a lot of failures, mm. uh, public big ones mm. that cost a lot of money mm. uh, because of not thinking about the user mm. and the user experience. And also, in mm. a sense, I blame companies like Apple, where people have become accustomed to a good service, good design, and they want to have that in every aspect of the digital life. Exactly. That's so true, Pat. <laughs> okay. I think we're going to finish off there. We are. Uh, you have to still have some cleaning up to do. Yeah, after yeah. Yeah. Before yeah. we get to yeah. grab those cold ones. Yeah. So uh, thanks so much for uh, th- today, sure. actually. It was a fantastic event. Great speakers. And uh, we'll be publishing this and we'll put together the Internet Vec show for you. Well, thank you very much. And uh, thanks for uh, coming here and doing the UX podcast. Mm. Thank, you. thank you, guys. Bye-bye. 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 Oh, oh wait, w- did we finish off or something? We want to say something? Um, bye-bye. <laughs> okay. Remember to keep moving and see you on the other side. Bye-bye.